Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Celebrate the warmer days with a free case of exceptional beers from our good friends at Beer 52. Simply go to www.beer52.com slash spurs and cover the meagre postage cost of $5.95 to claim your free case now. I've been a member of Beer 52 for a while now and I absolutely love it. Each month they send their members a case of unique and varied beers from a different part of the world. With their ever insightful Ferment magazine, you can learn about the breweries, regions and the wonderful world of beer while enjoying a phenomenal phenomenal selection of fresh and tasty craft ales. In the last 10 years, these guys have been to 40 different countries spanning five continents. This includes the US, Australia, Germany, and even North Korea. They also showcase the incredible range of breweries across the UK. Northern Monk, Cloudwater, and Verdant have all featured. If dark beer is not your thing, you can choose the light-only case. There's also a couple of delicious snacks to enjoy with your beer. Even if after all that you're still unsatisfied, you can simply pause or cancel at any time. That's beer52.com slash spurs to claim your free case now. That's beer52.com forward slash spurs. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome to this week's episode of the Spurs Show. Thank you so much for joining us around the world. Well, what a what a twenty four hours it's been. Uh, the, the, the soap opera that is Tottenham Hotspur. Joining me tonight, firstly making her debut. Uh, what a what a what a week to come on making your debut. Badminton world champion, 
Olympic silver medalist and now broadcaster, Gail Evans. How are you, Gail? I'm good. I am, uh, I think, just trying to process the last couple of yes. days and of what's mm. been going on. But um, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's, oh, a, it's a pleasure to pleasure. be here. Oh, no, it's a pleasure to have you on. And joining us as well, the broadcaster with his own show on TalkSport, of course, Mr. Paul Hawksby. How are you, Paul? Yeah, good. Thanks, Mike. Not too bad. Good. Thanks for coming along. And uh, thirdly, a man who's been on many shows as well, the screenwriter. And might I just plug... I think it came out last year and I watched it on video. Well, I say video. I didn't go to Blockbuster. <laughs> but I watched it, you know, I watched it at home. I still call it video. The Lost King, screenwriter of The Lost King with Steve Coogan. Wonderful film. Mr. Jeff Pope. How are you, Jeff? I'll take that, Mike. Thank you. That's uh, oh, one great. of the most sideways, backhanded plugs, but I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> I watched it at home on video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I put poster? Yeah. Can I put that on the poster? <laughs> Please do. Please do. I, honestly, anyone who can get Thank access you. to it, go and watch yeah. it. Really fantastic British film. Really, really good. Uh, unfortunately, we can't talk about that. We're going to talk about the, the shithole, the shit no. show that is Tom yeah. Hotspur, Sunday at 10.20. Talk about trying to bury bad news when sort of 10.20 at night it's announced that, I love the thing, by mutual consent, is that like sort of boyfriend girlfriend? Like, well, you know, it's sort of. What do you reckon? Should we carry on? It's the Gwyneth Paltrow, wasn't it? They and uh, Chris Martin. They uncoupled. I think yeah. <laughs> they should. Yeah, they should do that in uh, in football manager terms as well. I know by mutual consent. That's it, Paul. I mean, we were so kind of beginning of the season. I think most of us are really, really excited. Even up until January, I think most of us went. He's the man. And again, it's completely unraveled. What's your take on on just what on earth has happened this season? <laughs> wow, that's 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 a yeah, it's a long answer. I think I don't know. I mean, I, I was I was relieved when I I saw the news last right. night. I thought there was no absolutely no way back mm. after that rant the other day. And there's been a few stories leaking out the dressing room that they were done with him. I personally felt done with him. I said on the show the day after, after the Milan game, mm. that sort of meek limp out of the competition mm. and that performance, I couldn't really see any way that he was going to rally him and get top four. I'm still pretty nervous about that. I look at the injuries. If you, I think if you've seen Emerson Royals. Emerson Royals. Royals be out the six week, he won't yeah. play. Yeah. Um, so we've gone from having four uh, right wing backs to one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and one of them we gave away for nothing in Matt Doherty. So well well done, everybody. Yeah. So, um, no, I think it was inevitable. And I think it's probably the right call. The biggest shock is that Stellini's still there. Yeah. Uh, just that was, I mean, anybody expected that. We all expected maybe Ryan Mason. But mm. the idea of having his lieutenant, I don't know if it's like a cost-saving exercise because obviously they're still on the pay- payroll to the end of the season. I don't mm-hmm. know. But why would you keep Stellini there? I mean, he had a couple of good results. But, mm-hmm. you know, surely, in, you know, he's going to be asked questions about Conte. How's he going to manage that? It's It's a fairly bizarre decision. Yeah, Jeff, I mean, it, it is a weird one. Christian Stellini staying. The only one of the backroom staff is Gianluca Conte, his brother, who I think was like, going to go back to Blockbuster, video analyst. He checks the videos, <laughs> makes sure they've been yeah. rewind, rewound properly at the end, of the, right. at the end of the night. Uh, he's, he's the only one that, that's gone, Jeff. But it is very strange. You know, maybe there was, when they do say mutual consent, maybe it really was. He's had a lot going on, personal problems. He'd had enough, the club had enough, but he maybe turned around and tried to back everyone else that were going to lose their job and went, you know what, 
if you want to keep my 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 backroom staff until the end of the season, that's the least I can do. I mean, that's my only kind of take on it, Jeff. What, what do you reckon? Um, f- fury, really. <laughs> fury on, on a number of levels is what I've been feeling. I, I didn't, so I wasn't resigned like Paul. I just thought, okay, I'm trying to unpick it. Okay, first of all, he never moved. He never committed. He never, he never moved to the UK. His family, he's living in a hotel. His family's still in Italy. He, he kind of held out a limp hand to us 18, well, not 18 months ago, 15 months ago. And um, kind of we always we were always made to feel as if we were doing him a favour mm-hmm. by, 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 sorry, that he was doing us a favour mm-hmm. by, by coming here. Um, and I'm, I, I, okay, we're in the middle of the payoff for the Faustian Pact, which was the end of last season which gave us one of the best summers we've ever had. You know, the fact that it was Arsenal that we picked um, was so glorious. Then then I remember doing a show uh, in the nice weather and, and the board were pledging 100 and 150 million mm-hmm. or whatever. And you have to say, Richarlison has not, has been a nightmare. I mean, part, partly because of injury, but that's not worked. Um, uh, I'm forgetting the wing back. What's the Perisic? Perisic has been yeah, yeah, rubbish. Not rubbish, just moderate. <laughs> just mo- mm. sorry, rubbish isn't fair. Just average. Mm. So, and now, so just the one thing I want to say about him, when I'm really trying to think about uh, Conte, is what we loved in the early days was that passion, the way he'd mm. go berserk and jump into the arms of his staff and. Everyone, we loved it. It was fantastic. The problem is we mistook a that passion for a passionate team, and it was not a passionate team. Mm. The, yeah. bottom, the bottom line is the football was god-awful. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, let's look at, you know, Daniel Levy, <laughs> since Pochettino, uh, he's tried two successful managers, a younger manager as well. Nothing's worked. Uh, mm. It's completely backfired on the board. Um, again, we're, the, the fact that Stellini is taking over with Mason clearly says, because obviously there was Pochettino, Luis Enrique uh, out of work. Nagelsmann's only just been sacked, so maybe that was a, a push. But the fact that they are taking uh, over for the rest of the season says there's no one lined up immediately. There's no one in place just yet. The talks will continue. It's just Groundhog Day, isn't it? Hopefully. And I can only speak from... I think we... I'm going to give, from a player's point of view, I'm going to give from an athlete point of view here, the World Cup has screwed everything up. That World Cup in mid-season has really changed everything about a season and players players incentives as well when you've got players in a world cup you are so focused on that for whatever you know you want to play for your country you want to be a global star athletes have changed when you've got that in mid-season it is very hard what you need as a club is you need momentum you need togetherness and if you've got that breakup with the world cup in the middle of it you never ever get that connection and I think that has, and when you, when you're a team like Spurs, we need that. We saw that with Poch. We, but it worked with work for the Woolwich down the road, though. Woolwich down the road. Have, but they've been, that's been, a few, but that's, a, that's been a few years. They've been building on this. 
You know, they, they, this is not something that's just happened overnight. They have been building it and we've seen it coming. We, we all know it's been coming. They've started to play some really good football. Mm. Yes, we've not had that togetherness. And at that World Cup as well, we've seen Son just, where the hell is Son, for instance? You know, what's happened to him? It, it doesn't help with the manager changes as well. And And should we really be, you know... Like, oh, God, what's happened? You know, we shouldn't be surprised with what we've got at the moment. You know, with everything, the whole combination, it's it's just, yeah, it's just happened. And, um, you know, I'm not surprised. And it's another season of here we go again. Yeah, I mean, Paul, can you see us seriously? I mean, we're currently sitting in fourth. Um, obviously, Newcastle, what, two points behind us? Two games mm-hmm. in hand. We've got to go to Newcastle. We're going to go to Liverpool. We've got United at our place. I think we're still going to play Brighton as well. Yeah. Can you really see with everything that's gone on, the, the players getting together and going, we can do this for ourselves and all that? Or do you just think the season's going to peter out? And if it does, I mean, let's face it, I, 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 I really wouldn't want Europa League. I, I know that... It's the money's important and to attract the players and all the stuff we hear time and time again. But I think most of us are just, just want this season to end now, really. I, I think the problem is if we had the full squad, I think maybe the players could be galvanised with mm. the change because they weren't happy with him. You would have got a bit of a bounce from, from just him not being there, you know, the repetitive training, dragging everybody down, dragging the spirit down. But with all the injuries with Benton Coor missing, no Ben Davis for six weeks, no Royal. They've got a pretty threadbare squad. And I think players will be looking around thinking, man, this is hard work. Mm. And I'm, I am fearful that we're going to end up in the conference plate again, mm. playing, we're going to end up in seventh, having to play in that energy sapping competition on a Thursday night, the one we got booted out of last time because of COVID. Mm. But I mean, I'd love to be more optimistic, but I just cannot see keep C top four. No, sadly not. Yeah. Jeff, I mean, you know, who, who, who ultimately gets the blame for this? That, you know, we all knew as, as Paul said, you know, we all knew what Conte brings, that it doesn't last very long. It's all about him early on. He was said in press conference today, oh, sorry, we do this, we do that. The last one, it was they Spurs, they do this. So clearly he'd kind of washed his hands. Where where does where does the buck stop? Or do you just sort of think it's one of those things we tried it, you can't blame anyone, it didn't work because there's a pattern now. You know, Poch- yeah. Pochettino aside, one mm. could argue, and maybe Red Nap and early Martignol, there hasn't been many, many successful managers under Enoch in over 20 years. Yes, it's very I'm glad you went back to Red Nap because uh he was fantastic for us, and we were a great team when you look back on, on that era. That, as far as I could tell, seemed to me a personality clash with Daniel Levy. And you feel like saying, well, get out of the way and let him manage. That, that's, mm. that, you know, and there was a project there. The, the other thing that you can lay at Daniel Levy's door is um, the failure to invest in the Champions League year. When we mm. bought Mora... Uh, in the January window, uh, and then that that following summer, I, I forget the exact date. There was there was a transfer window at end of season where we bought nobody. In fact, we bought more before. Then we two bought two nobody. windows, two windows, yeah. bought nobody, two windows. You're quite right. Yeah. That was a disgrace mm. and a disaster. Mm. And it's it's the 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 losing of. Um, I suppose you could say that um, 
Mourinho was a project because of what he'd done at Chelsea. But uh, the, the, the problem is that he has to now go for someone who has a plan. That's why Nagelsmann is my top of my list. Yeah. Much as I love Poch, um, and I, I'm, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be downhearted if if it did go to him. But I don't think Luis Enrique or Zinedine Zidane or any of those—they're lastoplasts. What we need is someone who's going to come in, make a team like Pochettino. That was Pochettino's team. That's why it did so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need someone who's going to be around for five years and has got a project. Mm-hmm. God dare say it like that mob down the down the road. They <laughs> they backed him. I mean, I'm still never going to forget last summer. But uh, boy, are we paying for it now? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, Jeff, that if if they wanted Pochettino, they could have got him now. And so you do wonder. Yes, I, I've got. I, I just think whenever Levy looks Pochettino in the eye, every time he sees him at the training ground, he'll see fifty odd million quid going into a shredder because that's what he's wasted in paying off managers in the three yeah. years since he sat. He's basically a symbol of failure for Daniel Levy yeah. every time. I think that will also stop him bringing him back. The, the other thing yes. we Pochettino, we, we believe is, is again, this is only going on what certain members of the press are saying, he's not power teacher's choice. Now, I think today was the, uh, I didn't hear about the hearing in Italy, really where the power teacher could continue working in uh, in, in yeah. world football. I haven't heard, and nothing's come out yet. I don't think the decision was today. It was a preliminary hearing. Oh, was it was a preliminary, be sorry. Sometime next month, they'll make a decision on whether that's a global ban. So we're right. put, it's, it's more of the basket case nature of this club that we're asking a bloke that may be banned from world football for 18 <laughs> months to find us a new manager, for Christ's sake. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, I mean, he doesn't seem to be um, He doesn't <laughs> seem to be um, his first choice. Gail, you were nodding your head there, Re, uh, Nagelsmann, who we did try and get before Mourinho. I yeah. believe he took the Bayern Munich job. Uh, Nagelsmann was obviously – was Nagelsmann manager of Bayern Munich when they thrashed his 8-2? Was it? Uh, no, 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 that's the one who's now the manager. Right, it was yeah. Leipzig, was it? He was manager yeah. of Leipzig. I think we played Leipzig and they, they beat us quite easily, mm. uh, I, just, I believe. I just think, yeah, sorry, I, I just oh. I just feel that, you know, athletes, we, we, we're just big kids, right? We are big kids. <laughs> so we need, you know, that that's that is all it is. We're big kids who we don't want a parent to, like, put us on the naughty step when, we, when we're, you know, not being misbehaving. We need an environment where we need to be able to be creative. We need to be us. I always say a happy athlete is the best athlete. And I say that in every single sport. We need someone who can nurture that to get that, you know, who can take all the pressure from from Levy and all the board and everything. And we need somebody, like when you keep saying the plan, we need someone that's got such an exciting, engaging plan, not someone like, say, who's going to be that parent shouting at us going, you must do this, must do that, you know, to make it boring. Mm-hmm. We need someone that's going to light a fire because that's what we need. Being an athlete is boring. It is you wake up, you train, you eat, you sleep and repeat, and that is it. You end up being a robot. So we need someone that is just going to it excites everything about you know that creativity like why we should play for Spurs why are we in that magnificent stadium and not producing the trophies that's what we need and and if Nagelsmann is the one then you know please let him be the one you know it's just someone (sighs) you don't want a military style person going which Conti seems to have been you know that which we just know it's just not the way we are Uh, we need someone that we can just really show off to and, and bring that togetherness. 
Yeah, Paul, I mean, Nagel's when he's 35. I mean, I've got shoes older than him. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. I mean, he's very young to be a 35-year-old yeah. manager of but a Premier League work. team. It can, it can work. work. It can we don't work. we don't know what's happened at Bayern Munich. They're second in the league. The the, the, mm. the board have come out saying certain players haven't been developed as much. I mean, I mean that that's mm. a, I mean, you go back to concept, I don't think you've developed any of our players. I'll give you a little, a little potted history on what's gone on at Bayern. He's had a fallout with um, Manuel Neuer, which was quite high profile. Um, Neuer went off and went skiing and got injured and missed the rest of the season. And he then sacked the goalkeeping coach. And uh, he happened to be Neuer's best man, one of his best friends. Right. And there's sort of, it's such a top-heavy club with all the ex legends that, that work at Bayern. That's had an impact on it. But yeah, they have claimed that players haven't developed in the way they said they wanted to. I mean, it's it, when you're managing a club like that, you're always going to get those sorts of accusations. And you're right, he's an incredibly young guy. And there was a feeling that he should have taken another job before Bayern because it's been pretty meteoric. A uh, uh, mate of ours uh, was a, uh, worked at... Um, Hoffenheim, Lutz still, and uh, he was the kind of d- director of uh, recruitment at the club. Um, and he said that the Nagelsmann is just an amazing guy. He just couldn't believe. He was only in his 20s when he was there. And he was he did this amazing job. And then Leipzig took him on from there because of his reputation. And he did very well at Leipzig. And as we say, maybe there was another job before Bayern. Maybe it was a bit too big for him mm-hmm. at such a young age. But he's an innovative coach. He likes to play, you know, attacking high-press football. I, I agree with the guys. I think if they could get Nagelsmann, he's going to want a break. I think he's quite bruised by what's gone on at Bayern. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, it, look, it's, he's gettable. Apparently he has a soft spot for the club. That'll only go so far, but um, he's another manager that, that Real Madrid could want. You know, he's a he's an elite manager. He's not going to be easy to land. It's not like it's not like Conte to an extent that you know he's going to feel like you know he's, he's beneath you know we're beneath him. But by the same token, he won't be easy to land because he's he's you know he's been at a top club like Bayern. Jeff, let's be honest though. Why, if you've got a reputation, a building reputation, an established reputation, why would you want to manage Tottenham Hotspur? If you look oh, at you, you know, you look at the 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 history. So we believe of you. You already mentioned two transfer winners, nothing happened. A kind of interfering chairman. Uh, uh, a, 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 we had David Pleats on the show last week. That show's coming out Friday. Talked all about the, the whole director of football role. A lot of managers don't like directors of football. They want to get on with it. Um, we we haven't won anything in twenty odd years. Uh, we haven't won the league in sixty years. Um, why why would someone elite even want the role? Um, I I don't go there. I I think I think it is a huge club that is semi-regularly in the Champions League and has huge uh, financial muscle now. And, and it, you know, in a way, if you go to some of these, if you, if you took the uh, Madrid job or took, um, you know, the Paris Saint-Germain job or City or something, you're, you're more than likely going to fail. Uh, mm-hmm. You take Tottenham on, you've got, you've got the tools, but you're, you're more than likely going to do better, certainly than Conte. I mean, I was just, re- I just wanted to get this straight. He's such a little twit. Here's his quote. I'm not used to seeing this type of situation. I see a lot of selfish players and I don't see a team. Okay. Ricardo Bissouma, Benton Kulusevski, Emerson Royal, Forster, Romero, 
Pedro Porro and Longley. That's nine players that you signed, Conte. So <laughs> who, you know, what 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 is all this? I oh I've, it's, he's trying to claim that he's been parachuted in and he's been given all these duds mm. and I can't do anything with it. I've got to go. No, mm. you're a liar. You mm. brought these players in. You worked with them for nearly a year and a half. So if there's something going wrong, it's so bizarre that he would do this after losing. I mean, it was dispiriting, that 3-3 draw at Southampton. But, you know, nobody nobody forced him to try and stop. What's the Who do we go at? Uh, Milan. Nobody forced him to, to set up to try and stop Milan scoring in a game where mm. we're one nil down. You know, I, he's, it's, I don't understand. I just think he thought he was doing us a favour and he's come over and he's jumped up and down the touchline and everyone's loved him. But actually, if you analyse it, it was very like Mourinho, how he played. Not a yeah. lot different. Yeah. And yeah. I, I still, awesome. I still am so confused, my football naivety. I just look back to the end of Poch and then Mourinho and think, what? What are we doing? Why are we... Why are we playing like this? Why? You know, mm. it, I still don't understand that. I, th- I, think, I, I understand it because, again, I think Daniel Lee was like, I've tried this, I've tried that. Oh, an elite manager who wins trophies, now it's mm. going to work. But as we've seen, mm. it doesn't work at Tottenham. Gail, going back to sort of what you mentioned before about athletes, and, mm. you know, I know you played individual sports, doubles, but you were part of a team and all that. Yeah. Uh, you know, in that thing in, you know, what are sports when they're, when they're talking to each other? I mean, you know, they don't, you know, they they can clearly see if someone comes in, you obviously show someone respect. But surely after a while, if you don't think you'll get anything back, or you yeah. think in training is taking a pop at you a bit too much, yeah. it must go toxic pretty yeah. quickly. Oh my gosh! Like I say, we're <laughs> we're big kids, and you show one little bit that of you know we don't like you. Hmm. I will say that. Um, you know, we have to give a lot as an athlete. You have to shed blood, sweat and tears. Okay. You know, it is tough. Elite sport, high pressure, it is tough. So you need to know that your manager's there. You need They need to show that they're on your side. That's the one thing that I'll always say. A good manager is they are truly themselves. They're authentic. They can be vulnerable with you. They have rapport with you. Mm-hmm. You know they've got your back. We're yeah. suspicious. We are very, very suspicious because we know that they could cut you off. Anytime they could get rid of you or they can not select you or, they, you know, I don't like them. I don't like them. So you, you're very, it is that straight away you're like wary and you have that kind of, mm, you know, do you like me? Do you, do I like you? Mm-hmm. And then when you build that trust, that's, that's when it's magic. When you trust them and they trust you, it is, that's when beautiful teams come about. That's when beautiful partnerships, beautiful sport happens. And like I say, I, in that potch era, Towards the end of that potch era, that's when I saw it. You know, those when on it was for me, it was the post-match interviews when you heard them talk about each other. Mm. You could you could hear it, authentic, authenticity. Yeah. And right now we have none of that. There is no authenticity. It is, you know, back to the yeah, yeah, team, three points, yeah, we've got to fight. You know, it's it's mm. back to robotic. There's no feeling. And that's that's the key. And we need a manager that's gonna, you know, sort of be there train with the guys, be there constantly, know what it's like, you know, feel the pain, feel the losses and actually genuinely care. And mm. then that's, that's what you get. And, and unfortunately that's what we're seeing at Arsenal. Well, let's, let's, let's go to a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll look at the run of the ride, runners of the riders that have been, uh, 
discussed that seem to be on a, on a supposed shortlist. Uh, we've also got a game next Monday away to Everton we need to talk about back in one minute. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back from the break. Uh, don't forget for premium content, including a daily news show, explore interviews, an original documentary series on Spurs. Go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Support our show in the process. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Next Tuesday, Theo Delaney is here with Chris Cowlin, Darren Rockman, and Hannah Barlow. And just uh, just to remind that we had a great live show last week with David Pleat. Part one of uh, his interview will go out this Friday, part two, the following Friday on the Spurs show feed. And uh, I'll be uh, with Tel Aviv Spurs on Monday night at the Spot <coughs> Hostel Bar. So if you're in and around Tel Aviv, uh, come and join us for a beer And uh, as we lose wow. to Everton 2-0 at Goodison Park. Um, Paul, <laughs> the runners and riders, you, we mentioned yeah. Nagelsmann. Uh, the other ones, obviously, we've talked about Pochettino. Deserbi is another one. Enrique mm. is another one. Uh, the um, Aquamim, I think his name is, a Sporting Lisbon. That Amarim, yeah. Done, yes, the sort of, if we do the sort of Poch Mark II, a young manager uh, with a project, um, we're all assuming he will go down that route. I mean, he can't get another been there, done it, elite manager, and hope he, he can't surely do it. I mean, I don't know who that type is. Even you mentioned Zidane earlier, that kind of name out there. Do you think he'll go for that kind of young, ambitious? Here, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Have a three year contract, try and build something again. Yeah, I do. I don't think I think I've had the fingers burnt by by Conte and um, and Jose. But you could argue, why would you make the same sort of appointment? Mm. With Conte, because you know it was cut from the same cloth as as Jose, so I do think so. Yeah, I think they'll look at they'll look at a different approach. That can often be a bit more complicated with a director of football. Mm. Um, and as I said, having the we're going to have to see what happens with uh, Paratici. But of the ones you mentioned, as we've all said, so we think Nagelsmann would be would be a great signing. Deserving, you've got to get out of Brighton. Uh, it's cost twenty million to get Potter out of Brighton, and they've arguably got a better manager in Deserby, so he wouldn't be cheap to get out of there. I think that would be difficult. Thomas Frank's been mentioned. Yeah, Frank Frank is one yeah. of my favourites. I, I he's done a good think, job. I think if you look at someone, he's played. You know, he's managed in the Premier League. They've done well now. I think it's his second season. Done incredibly well. Playing yeah. lovely football. Limited resources, like he'll probably have at Tottenham. Um, so you kind of sure. think. 
you know, I, I I love the way Brentford play football with with let's face it, players that most of us had never really heard of before. Then maybe he could entice Ivan Tony to come if we <laughs> we have to sell Harry Kane or Harry Kane wants out. That would be well. That's nice an interesting well. thing because don't you think Kane will have a huge huge say in who comes in? This is a player that obviously mm. we don't want to let go. Now the top uh, all time score for England as well as Tottenham. Surely he's gonna he's gonna be the first person we're gonna talk to. You know, who 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 do you want? What what might make you stay and extend your contract, Harry? Yeah, I'd love to think so. I don't know, I and mean, I think he may have he may just be looking at the last two. He, he's had two serial winners come through the door and he still hasn't won anything. So in all the cards are in his favour. He's he you know, everything about this summer is about what Kane wants to do. You know, it's not like last time. Mm. He's only got a year left on his contract. But the other one that is interesting, I was talking to Tony Casparino today at work, and he thinks Vincent Company, he thinks Vincent Company would be, it's it's kind of almost, it's a man who's won recently, he's got a winning mentality. He's done an incredible job in a short space of time to transform Burnley. Yeah, I know it's a championship club mm-hmm. and I know they got a bit of a kick in at Sydney the other week, but it's kind of almost Arteta country. If you, if you want to, Arsenal have done well, if you want to look at them as the blueprint, having a couple of years patience with a, a young coach with a winning mentality and good ideas. I mean, I'm not really ever sure that Levy would go down that route, but I thought that was quite an interesting one out of left field, really. Yeah. Jeff, I mean, any names that sort of excite you? I know you're very, very depressed and you just can't. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's the selfishness that I can't get over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he makes, he, he's been a man, he's 53 years old. So he's been a manager, I would assume, for nearly 20 years. Uh, certainly mm-hmm. an elite level manager. And I think he's been found out. I think when he came to Chelsea, that was Mourinho's team or the previous incumbent's team. He took them. It, that was all about managing the, who's the nutcase striker they had? Um, um, who now plays for Wolves? Costa. Costa, Costa Diego, Diego Costa. Costa yeah. I think it was about managing Diego Costa, which he just about did for one season. Then it all imploded. I think if, he's, if he goes to Italy, I think he can bully you know, Italian clubs and and get results. But I think he got found out here. I mean, I think what we needed was some effort from him and some and and to to make a to come out and talk like that for such an experienced manager. Mm-hmm. He knows everyone knew the impact of what was going to happen when he when he came out with that nonsense. And it was going to be that it would be impossible for him to carry on. So and and you know he he signed a statement which said uh, mutual we mutually agreed to part ways okay so let, let's take it at face value he mm. engineered the way out he couldn't even wait mm. the last 10 games of the season he's just yeah. dumped us for what and I, you know I think good luck whoever takes him on next because that is an enormous ego yeah no fair enough Gail you've mentioned Nagelsmann you think that I mean anyone else you kind of think You've heard good things about. To be honest, I haven't really been looking. I just, yeah. I'm, I'm in that, I'm in that, still in that processing stage of. I would like whoever it is. I am pro the projects. I don't want, I don't want a band aid that we're going to just last a couple of seasons. If that, I want something that I can believe in. I want something that who's going to develop our players, who is going to be you know, like I said, you know, be there, create that team spirit and really 
I don't know, let let Daniel Levy do all the stadium business stuff and we'll just build. We can we've seen it can be done with Brentford. We can see we've seen it can be done with Arsenal. So let's do it ourselves. Just stop this being Spurs, basically. I, I'm I'm sick of saying we're stop so Spurs. Spurs. But I'm yeah. sick of, you know what I mean? But I'm stop sick of saying Spurs. stop being Spurs. Yeah. I'm I'm sick of saying it to you. Like, you know, on every show I am like, oh, here we go again. I'm sick of saying it. So let's just stop it. And he has that power to do that. So you know what? You never know. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the eternal optimist and let's start from scratch. Let's start from that bottom, let's start from basics and learn to learn to know what Spurs is again. You know, mm. we've lost I mean, that. And with, with that squad pool that anyone comes into, uh, and you let's say your neighbors when you come in and it's you know, June, whatever, out of those players. Which ones would you want to keep? Which ones would you turn around to Paratici and Levy and go, right, this is my spine. This is what I want. I see this working and this lot, the rest are out. Who, who would you yeah. put down there as you go? Well, this, this, this is a, 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 you know, a title chasing team. I want this lot. Well, obviously, he's going to want to keep Kane. He's going to want a new goalkeeper. So I yes. don't think you want to, if you're building a new team, you probably don't do that with Hugo. Um, there are players there that are, that were kind of that are set up to play in wing back positions. I mean, mm-hmm. Porro is a classic example. Yeah. If he comes in and doesn't want to play with three at the back, you've got a forty million pound player that hasn't really got a position. I mean, there's going to be a lot of that. You know, we're going from one extreme to the other. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to think that he's a young enough, adaptable coach in the way that Conte it's wasn't good, adaptable. Wasn't. Exactly. He had a rigid system, and he just fitted the players into the system. I mean, I think a good coach will look at what he has as he rebuilds and put the best players in the best positions and, and, and get it right in the way that, that Conte didn't. You also yeah. need to blood. I mean, like one of the other problems we've had is when players like Basuma have come in and others, they've just been undercooked because he never played them. He stuck to the same personnel and the same system every time. So these guys would come in cold and, and they struggled. And you expect them to get up to play straight away. So again, you you know, you've got to work with a squad. I mean, there's so much that Conte got wrong for a bloke with his experience and his yeah. success. I mean, yeah. staggeringly bad at times, his decision making yeah. and his rigidity and everything he did. I mean, we have him talked about Sheffield United, which to me was the moment when you yeah. just go, Oh, Kane's on the bench, a trophy we could win. We would have got what Blackburn in the next but, round or something. See, that's the cla- just just, just very quickly on that. Sheffield United, um, that night, you've got to- they're basically all playing for themselves. Sonny comes and he's trying to shoot from everywhere. Richarlison's hardly played, so he's yep. thinking, I've got to play well tonight, I've got to score goals, otherwise I'll be out of the team. Why is Conte not saying to him, you know, I'll give you two or three games, uh, you're in, don't worry, just relax, play your game. Mm. But you know, he was trying to shoot from stupid angles. It's that desperation of players coming in, feel like they're all I mean, look, you want hunger to play for the shirt and play for your position, but there's a balance. I just yeah. think he managed the squad so badly. And I think that that night we had enough chances in the first half to have seen that game off. So yep. I mean that's a I think that mm. you put a lot of Conte wasn't here. He was pulling the strings from Italy. Mm. And I, I put a lot of that down to him that night, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think what you're saying is you're you're absolutely spot on, Paul, in in that he's not as good a manager as we thought he was. He's not. Mm. He no. had a system, it's worked for a number of years, but people at elite level found him out, and that's why he doesn't that's why he couldn't win with us. Because mm. I don't you know. 
you're always fine with it with someone like and I always think of this as an, a great experiment and a sign of a good manager or a good leader yeah so if he had come in one morning right and said to all the players and said right basically the shit's hit the fan there's no money everything's gone to bust right I don't know what's going to happen who's going to turn up for him tomorrow the next day or who's going to carry on training yeah because they're the ones you want to keep I say that doesn't matter what you know who what position whatever the people that will be there when like I say we've talked about selfish you know players or desperation and everything like that hunger the players that turn up if if like there's a social experiment or whatever you want to call it if you you know you're a good manager you've got the players when the when you do that and they still turn up mm. I mean you've, even you've if, still... if it's absolutely wrong you know you could lie to them in the face but who yeah. turns up for you don't forget, you also in the summer, we've got the return, potentially, of Undombele, the Celso, <coughs> Reguillon, Winks, mm. Rodon, Spence. Now, some I think most fans would rightly want them back because some absolutely were not given a, a, a chance. Young players like Rodon and Spence never got a look in. But, you know, it's a slight concern that people at Ndombele and Lacelso can come in. Who knows? I mean, you know, Lacelso, you could argue, has never played in, in the position he plays for in Argentina. And, um, you know, Ndombele, I just think it was all in his head. But whoever comes in has got to be, I mean, again, here we go again. You know, Conte said he needed, what, four transfer windows to change things. He mm. got two or three. Never quite happened. Whoever comes in now. I mean, Gail say needs a couple of years. I mean, at least a couple of years now. Um, and so the, the, the rumours coming out tonight that Tottenham are going to put up season tickets is absolutely laughable and yes. just so offensive to the amount of money that us fans have been laying out to see them home and away. You know, factoring the travel, it's all very well going, the actual tickets to this. You've got to factor in the, the travel and, 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 and everything else we lay out for. Um, I, I, you know, I think you're right. I think it will be... a, a, a hopefully, a young manager, and they'll finally give someone a bit of time. The fans mm. will get behind him. They like the style of football. The football since Pochettino has been absolutely turgid. So mm. hopefully now, and that's, been, that's been four years now, I think, since he's gone. Mm. Um, Gail, very, very quickly, because we always ask people on their, on their debut, why did you become a Tottenham fan? Why the hell did you do it to yourself? <laughs> I know. And, um, and, <laughs> yeah, um, like... Can you remember your, your maybe your, the first game you went to? Okay, so the background is that so my mum, she grew up in Arsenal territory, right? Mm. So she grew up, uh, she could see the Highbury Stadium from my bedroom window, I think. Uh, so her two older brothers, massive Arsenal fans, her dad, my granddad, huge Arsenal fan. So my mum supported Tottenham to piss them off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so you can get an idea of my mum. So you went into my mum's, you went into my nan and granddad's house and there'd be all these football trophies and they'd be like, oh my God, you must be so proud of your sons. No, that was my mum. So my mum was one of the first lionesses. Oh, really? So my, yeah. Oh, wow. so, my, so this is so my mum's got a great story. So 1971, FIFA held the first ever Women's World Cup, Mexico City. Wow. And uh, so they said to the FA, would you like to send an England team? And the FA said, no, girls, girls and women shouldn't be playing football. Unbelievable. So luckily there was a trailblazer, a fantastic man called Harry Bat at the FA. And he was like saying to the, the guy, you know, the FA said, look, there are girls out there that are playing football, like my mum. Uh, let's send a team. And the FA were like, nope, nope, nope. So basically Harry contacted FIFA said, look, if I get a group of girls to get over, will you fund us? And they went, yeah, definitely. So my mum was one of them. She formed the Maverick, the Maverick Lionesses. They're called the Lost Lionesses. So my mum has played in the... My mom's played in the Azteca Stadium in Mexico City 
my mum was centre forward. She scored two goals, right? So there are not many British people have scored in the uh, in the Azteca Stadium, and uh, in front of eighty five thousand people. Wow! Yeah, and she, she was nine. Yeah, like I say, nineteen. Stacked from her job for going and everything. Wow! When, Jeff, when... I see a screenplay here. Jeff. <laughs> yeah, this is this is I one. I see it. I know. This, I, it gets worse. Don't worry. It's it's when my mum came back, the FA banned her for two years for defying wow. them. Harry, the guy who also oh, it's my dog in the background, Harry Bat, who the, the coach of the FA got banned for life for, for wow, doing it. Really? So my mum never taught me football. So she, because when I was growing up, with, with all this skill, I think she was in the she was probably in the world record for Guinness World Record for keepy ups as well at one point. So when I came along, she never taught me football because she was so scarred from her experience that mm. she never taught me. So my dad was Norwich and my mum was Spurs. And my um, my dad thought, ooh, I could get in here. So my first ever game was Norwich because right. my mum was adamant, my dad was adamant, right? You know, you're gonna be Norwich, Norwich, Norwich. So my first ever match was Norwich versus Liverpool. And for a while he tried and tried, but it was just so goddamn awful going on those single carriageways, the tractors and you know, oh, kind of oh I know exactly yeah, it's better now. And I was home. just like, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. So it was only until my brother came along, my mum was started playing football again with my brother that she started getting back into it. And and so I'm kind of I always was Spurs, but very late to go in to watch Spurs right. uh, because of the the history of my mum and everything like that. So my mum's fault and uh, you know what, my dad's for being Norwich is why I am a Spurs girl. So what a great story. That's, that that's cheers us up. Why I supported Spurs story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, beat that, anyone. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the FA still won't acknowledge my mum either as well. So if that's you ever, shocking. there's some really good articles. I think the Guardian, Telegraph, um, even the BBC have done it. So if you Google lost lionesses, you'll see the whole wow. story. And yeah, like I say, my mum has, yeah, played in that Azteca Stadium, scored two goals. Come on, mum. Jeff's already <laughs> thinking, who, who can he cast yeah, as your mum? Who's going to play? I'm just going to the, the Lost Lionesses. I'm going online as soon as we finish. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to get Gail's number from yeah. Absolutely. No problem at all. There we are. Amazing. Did you, do you, can I ask, do you, did you play Gail? I mean, obviously Fibble. you're from Pat- Babington player, but do, did you play footy? No, so my mum never taught me. And then it's only recently I started playing. So I started playing five aside. And you know what? My mum was so happy. And I just went, <laughs> I'm sorry, right? Uh, uh, Olympic medalist, world champion. She's like, yeah, but you're playing football now. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yes. I was like, finally, I've got my mum's respect. You know, it's taken leave of this many years. But yeah, no, she plays with my boys and everything. And uh, this is another freaky story so I'm in Milton Keynes and my son is friends with a boy you know it's local primary school he's friends with a boy called Miguel oh so my dog's just burst a balloon um (laughs) it's friends with a boy called Miguel and his granddad came over my mum and his dad you know came over for sports day and it worked out that my son's best friend's granddad watched my mum in the Azteca Stadium. Wow. wow. How freaky is that? Wow. Yeah. wow. He was like, he's one of the oh. 85,000. Yeah, my mum was yeah. like, oh yeah, I've been to Mexico, you know, played, and he went, I was there. I watched that. That, that is incredible. So, yeah. That is amazing. Wow. So yeah, um, my boys love it because Nanjan is a football superstar, but my boys, I feel a bit sorry for my boys because I, I joke that 
Your nan is a World Cup footballer. Your mum's Olympic silver medalist. What are you going to do? Mm. <laughs> are, they, are they Tottenham fans as well? Have you managed to Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Their, their yeah, dad is also Tottenham. So oh, um, not that that was the prerequisite for <laughs> being together or anything yeah. like that. It was just happened to be. And Nathan, my mixed doubles partner, is also Spurs. So, oh, amazing. Yeah, we've got Spurs group. Fantastic. That's a brilliant, brilliant story. Paul, back to the uh, the mundane, sadly. Uh, <laughs> next Monday, we face Everton, yeah. uh, who uh, obviously, again, flirted with relegation. Sean Dyche has sort of, there's been a slight bounce there. I think they won their last game. Feels like yeah, he's got them playing a lot better. They're a lot yeah. more organised. They've got a bit more threat about them. He's got like Damari Gray yes. playing as a striker. They, they look, that's a whole lot tougher than it would have been a few weeks ago. That's going to be, a, that might be a tough old game, but we're going to want to see a bit of caretaker managers bounce, aren't mm. we? We're going to want to see them react to the fact that their mate, Ryan Mason is in charge and Stellini is still there. But I mean, they wouldn't have kept him on if he was unpopular. So we'll expect to see a reaction because, you know, man for man, generally we were a better team than them. We were much higher up the table, but yeah, could be a bit of a test of character. I think first game away on under the lights at Goodison. Yeah, it's always a great ground to go to. I've gone up there yeah. quite a few times. It's always uh, always a great sort of old style atmosphere. Jeff, what, what, what's your feeling about Everton? Do you think we can get something there? I mean, we've got we have to. We've got any any hope at top four? It's, we we can't afford to drop. We can't really afford to drop many other points when you look at the teams just below us. I know Man City have got Liverpool, so we all hope Man City win and do us a favour. Mm. Whatever, a few few of the teams will be playing each other, but uh, we, we've got to go to place like Everton win, haven't we? I have a feeling we'll win. I think we'll we will get a little bounce. Um, it did make me think of when Chelsea and then Everton appointed Frank Lampard, mm. young manager that they're going to back with a project that it didn't work. So it doesn't always work, does it? Mm. Um, but uh, I I think we will win there. But I I've the blackest of moods. Because I think I think I knew what was what, what when it was finally you know became real that Conti was leaving. I thought, okay, so Kane leaves and we're not going to finish fourth. That's mm. my horrible gut feeling about this season. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Gail, uh, give us the score prediction for Everton. I'm going to be more optimistic than Jeff because I can't leave it on a doom and gloom. I'm not like that. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Um, I think we're going to, I think we're going to thrash him. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I think, wow. you know. They'll look, be unshackled. Is that what's going to happen? Yeah. They'll sun and cane routine. Yes. Why not? Exactly. And if this is true, and and we are sort of assuming a lot about the the, the vibe in the dressing room and mm-hmm. everyone's feeling just like, Ugh. so you're right. There is that, freedom come on we're going to kind of show Mm. there is going to be a selfishness about the players and they are going to basically like look this is me without him you know you do want to show off that there is that kind of remember we've got egos here a lot of egos Mm. so this is what happens the athletes are like look if they think I'm rubbish under him no 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 no. this is what I can do so I do think it's going to be a a big score for us I think Kane's going to be feeling great with the 54 55 goals now for England so yeah I think you know bring it on I think (laughs) you can see see three or four goals with us three or four nil yeah I'd love that amazing yeah Jeff give us a score prediction Everton I think we're going to beat them 2-1. 2-1. I'm going to go with 2-1. That's my default uh, Tottenham result. <laughs> well, I was going to say the same thing. I think Sonny will pop up at the end and get the winner in a Tottenham oh, nice. game. I'll go 2-1 as well. 
Oh, right, be nice. fine, you lot. Okay, when it's four nil, you all come to me. <laughs> Amazing, Jeff. Anything you've got coming up? You want to plug anything you're allowed to announce that people? Well, there's this. Um, I, I just started work on this story about this uh, woman who wanted to play football for England. It's an early date for certain. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get, um, thank, thank you for no. The next, the next thing. That, 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 uh, it's such a. It sounds like a brilliant story. Um, um, no, it's a. It's a. It's a four-part drama about Cary Grant later oh, this wow. year. Oh wow! Oh, amazing. I've got to, I've got to complete this. There are two things coming up. One is a four-part drama about Cary Grant. The other is a four-part drama about Jimmy Savile. Wow! Oh. Wow! So, uh, That's a, there's trick a couple of unlikely bedfellows. Wow! Is the Cary Grant was that an American production or British production? No, it's British, and it's it, it, it's called Archie because Archibald the, was born Archibald Leach That's in Bristol. So it's That's all right. to do with um, it's all to do with with his childhood. He was told as a little boy that his mother had died, and it sent him into a as, as it would. He was ten years old, and it, he had a, a terrible childhood. Cut a long story short, he ran away, joined the circus. The circus went. Uh, they went to America. He struggled and fought to become an actor. He got. Uh, he, he stayed alive. Kept managed to feed himself and find a place to stay and eventually gets a contract, becomes an actor, becomes Cary Grant, changes his name, and 30-odd years later, he gets a call from his father, your mother's still alive. Oh, wow. That's a, it's a Dickensian twist, a true story anyway. Um, so it's been uh, many years in the making. Thanks for asking. Wow, that's amazing. I've just jotted down the title to the night show. From Conte to Cary Grant via Mexico. Come on. <laughs> it's got to be, good. isn't it? That's it's got to be. It's got to be. And Paul, how's it all going, the radio show? Still going? Yeah, on? fine. Just kicking along, getting, you know, psychotic about Tottenham and, uh, and trying, you know, it's just... How, how, difficult, yeah, so, how difficult do you find it, Paul, when obviously you've got guests on and whatever, talking about the resurgence of Arsenal, and you've got to be... <laughs> Kind of impartial. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Well, I mean, you know, as I said, it's you feel partisan, but it's, it's very. They are playing some lovely stuff, and they're doing incredibly well, and they're running it well. You have to have a grudging respect for what mm. they've done amongst all the kind of partisan bile, don't you? Really, it's they, you know they they've done a fantastic job, and it's been quite a quick turnaround, as Jeff said. We had that lovely summer where they were humiliated when we beat them, and then the infamous they've still got a win at Norwich. But yes. it's been quite, you know, it's been quite short-lived, isn't it, that joy? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel quite as sweet now. So um, it's all cyclical. We should take some some songs yes. from that. It's all cyclical. It could yeah. be us. Two years' time, we could be millionaires. Exactly. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Gail, have you got anything coming up you'd like to plug and let the listener know about? Well, a bit like what we've just been talking about, I I love the athlete mindset. So I do mm-hmm. a lot of those sort of talks and psychology and about ego right. as well. And I okay. do that with whether it's one-to-one business coaching or do it to talks and, you know, team building or anything like that. So I, what I love about sport is you can talk about the high pressure environment and it, yeah. it's no different to whether you're working in sales or you're working in, you know, sort of whatever industry you are and you have to work together and you have to kind of get over certain things and egos come into play so that's what I that's what I do so if anyone you know sort of interested in the sporting mindset and the psychology behind it and how to get the best out of yourself 
I think, you know, I always, I'm very honest with my thoughts and always say that I was not the most naturally talented band player, not the most skillful, got told over and over again that I wasn't going to make it or wasn't going to achieve. But as I've mentioned on this podcast, it's people, people that get you there. Mm -hmm. And if people believe in you and you've got the right support team around you and a great team, you can absolutely achieve and know your strengths and and what really excel. So um, it, that's what I find fascinating about sport, business, mm -hmm. life. So yeah, if anyone wants to get wants to know more, then do get in touch. Lovely. Well, it's nice to finish on a high. Yeah. If you will cheer me up, you three. Thank you very oh. much. amazing. We're amazing loyal supporters. Aren't yeah. we? we are. That's, yeah. We are. That's exactly we are. what we are. So that's what Daniel that, says. <laughs> yes. That, that needle be so much. Mum, oh, mum, on our foreheads. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to get that tattooed as well. Yeah. Someone, someone actually gave me a Tottenham. He said it was a Tottenham mug, not a cup, I think. Oh, 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 hilarious. Yeah. How funny. Go. Lovely. Well, look, Gail, thank you so much for coming on the show. Pleasure. Paul and Jeff, thank you too for coming back. As I said, Theo Delaney here next week. Uh, and uh, until the next time, wherever you are around the world, come on, you Spurs. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.